Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, good people. Welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast. It's another wonderful weekend of college football, Eric Backlane. Nothing could be better. How are you doing, my friend? I am just living the dream, KG. We've got Friday night lights. We've got a nice slate of games. We have a uh, very late night game, Miami mm-hmm. and Texas A&M on Saturday night. So it's going to be a full Saturday. We've got four, four games on the network. Uh, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun time. Again, love it. We're starting to get to conference play. We're getting close. We've got yeah. a couple more non-cons and then we get jacked up in the middle of this thing. So ready, ready to roll. We do have some big conference games this weekend, though. And Mac, I mean, we're getting into it now. I think last week we talked about some sneaky good games and they really did deliver. These games aren't really sneaky. I mean, we know. So they won't deliver. That's what you're telling me. That's what's No, I think they will. I think they will. (laughs) All right, let's let's get into our big three breakdown. Why should we delay? We this was one of the this was one of the easiest weeks ever to pick the big three. I mean, it was just obvious these big three games. So let's start with this game on Friday night tonight. I love a good game on Friday night. You go out to dinner, you come back, you settle in, you watch the game, you're highly entertained. Florida State at Louisville, seven thirty p.m. tonight on ESPN. Florida State's a two and a half point favorite. The total is at fifty seven. Mac, something to consider here. You know I've uh, KG stats and info. KG stats and info. Here we go. <laughs> Louisville has won the last two meetings in the series, That's right. That's and right. four of the last six. Wow! And this game is at Louisville. Louisville seems to play better at home. They haven't played at home yet. They've had two road games on opposite sides of the East Coast. They're coming off a win. The biggest question mark here, Mac, is I believe the Malik Cunningham factor. Can he be as dynamic as we all? thought he could in the preseason because to me, Mac, uh, Jordan Travis has been more dynamic so far this year than Malik Cunningham. Well, and I think that's because his coaching staff has let him, right? Sure, they've been creative. Yeah, for whatever reason, it just felt like Malik was like kind of handcuffed a little bit in that Syracuse game. It was so strange. And, and, you know, I I thought that you pointed that out well, especially against UCF. It looked like they just said, go play, go get after it, go do what you do. And and he accounted for – you know, like 80% of their yards or something crazy like that and had a QBR over 70, which is always great uh, for Louisville. Uh, but starting with FSU, you're absolutely right. I mean, they're they're traveling to an environment that's going to be a little bit similar to that New Orleans game where it's crazy, it's chaotic. These Louisville fans are going to be jacked up to see their cards for the first time. Drinking some, it's a, some that's uh, right. brown some liquor. Bourbon. That's right. Some, uh, you know, some, some of that Kentucky water. Um <laughs> And it's Friday night, like it's a night game. So it's going to be a great environment. It's going to be an awesome place, you know, to play. And, and just when I look at the Knowles, I mean, the fact that they're going to potentially be 3-0 and for the first time since 2015 is just Give crazy. them a stat, Mac. Yeah, Give it's great. Come on. I try I try my best. Um, <laughs> so that's just nuts when, when you see that. And it feels like such a long time ago that we saw this team because they had a yeah. bye week. Uh, you know, so really just for FSU, I, I want to see that continued growth from Jordan Travis. I mean, he has looked electric. The the full ownership of the offense, his ability has really shined. His confidence is at an all-time high. I mean, it, he just he looks like the guy. And, yeah. and I think that certainly when when you go through, you know, practices in spring where where in summer where you are the guy and there's no question, there's no back and forth. I mean, that helps your mindset so much more. So just seeing the way he's thrown the football seeing the way he's used his legs when he's had to, which hasn't been a lot, uh, I've been very impressed with it. Now, one group that I think is going to just dominate this day is that running back core yep. You know, for FSU. Those guys are playing out of their mind. They were bullying LSU. Uh, they, they've got really a stable of guys. I think Benson is kind of the, the lead dog. Just when I see him play, he just looks a little different. Uh, but when you see Ward, Ward has double the carry. So that staff obviously likes what what he can do. And then you throw Tolafili in there as well. It, it's it's a jacked up room that think about this. Think about how fresh they can be. And it seems like there's no quarrel. It seems like, hey, I'm going to go as hard as I can. And then when I'm tired, I'm tapping my helmet. You come in. You, you carry the load. You do what's next. And so it's been really impressive to see those guys, KG. 
Well, the depth is a great point. I mean, the depth at running back, the depth at wide receiver, we saw a lot of guys get involved. Ontario yeah. Wilson was really good against LSU. Micah Pittman, he's that slot guy that Jordan Travis can rely on. And then the other factor here, Mac, that I think cannot be overlooked, as you mentioned it earlier, but I think it's a huge deal. Florida State's coming off a bye. Right. And Louisville just had to go to UCF and win and fly back and get ready and all these things. And that game was Friday, so they've had a full week. But that's a huge factor here. Part of me is wondering, and I think part of this is just a lack of trust in FSU, why FSU isn't favored by more. I think this line, and to me, that gets me worried because then I'm thinking, okay, what does Vegas know? Right. And I get that FSU has struggled at Louisville. Whenever I think of FSU Louisville, I think of that 2016 game, which to me was the beginning of the end for the Jimbo Fisher era. Right. Right. No, I'm right there with you. And I think that, you know, we've seen in some of these lines, especially with ACC schools, that there's some historical relevance as as Mm. why they choose to, to make the line they do. But I agree with you. I mean, a, a very fresh Florida State team, a healthy Florida State team. And when, when you talk about the you know the wide receiver room and those guys really stepping up, we haven't really even seen anything from you know McLean or Span, two guys that I thought were going to have massive years. So, you know, is there even more in the tank that we might see from them as they enter ACC play here? Offensive line has been solid. Here's the biggest thing, though, KG. That defense is going to have a heck of a challenge. Yeah. The one good thing is – they see it every day in practice with, with the ability, you know, of JT there and the things that he can I, do with his legs. But it's not quite Cunningham. Like he is different. He he is so hard, you know, to to prepare for because you're not tackling a guy like that in space, and he's just so elusive. So those guys are going to have a huge week. I really need to see you know Bethune rise up and and do his thing and at linebacker position. I need to see Verse get after and and get home. Like that's mm. the biggest thing is if you get him. You have to get him down. Don't let him be Houdini. So don't let slippery. him. Yeah, don't let him just get out and create, and who knows what could happen there. So, and then of course on the back end, what'll be very interesting to see with these kind of aggressive safeties in Robin Robinson and Dent, like if they see him run, they cannot just scream down and go and help. They right. have to stay true to coverage. Because if they do, look out. Hudson's going to be behind you. Uh, five's going to be behind you. You know, th- these guys, that's where they can really thrive is when those DBs start screaming up to go and help. And he's like, okay, see you later. You know, 60 yards down the field. Mac, you bring up a guy like Jared Verse. He already has three sacks and three and a half tackles for loss through two games. <laughs> Unbelievable. And they're going to have a big task. I mean, that's the thing with Malik Cunningham. And that's, again, why I give FSU an edge because they've had a a whole week just to prepare for him, but you can't treat him like anybody else. And I think that's, that's the big concern, but on the flip side, and this was, we talked about this um, before UCF, when we both picked UCF, to be honest, the, the weapons around Malik have not emerged. And that's what we saw in the LSU game for Florida state. The weapons around JT have emerged. The running backs look great. Some of these wide receivers have really shown up. That's my concern. I don't think Malik can do what he did against UCF. First of all, no passing touchdowns, but run all over the yard and beat Florida State. I don't think that's enough. No, I totally agree. I mean, they're going to have to throw the ball effectively, score effectively, because this defense is going to be tough for FSU. I mean, we just saw you know those guys bully LSU around, and then a miracle drive that, that keeps them in the game 99 yards uh, that should have been a wrap, and they should have yeah. scored again, but they fumbled the football on, on the goal line there. So really for Louisville, it, it's just the – the same thing for the last couple of years. It's just this team of mystery where I have no clue what's going to happen. I really don't. I mean, anytime that you think you've got a, a grip on what Louisville's going to do, take the opposite because that's probably what's going to happen. And I think that, you know, obviously Malik is is such a prominent player. He, he is a freak when it comes to the things that he can do with his legs, with his arm. He's very effective as a passer. But as you said, he, he needs some help. He needs guys – to step up and make big time plays and to get open and to protect for him. You know, and, and I think Tyon Evans has done an unbelievable job running the football. I mean, he's really emerged as a, you know, marquee running back in this league and the things that he can really do. But guys like Tyler Hudson, you know, Huggins Bruce, Marshawn Ford, who's been a little inconsistent, the three of those guys just have to take it to another level and, and help this guy out. And you know, I think Hudson has, has certainly done his part. Uh, but get in the end zone. Like, let's make things happen. You know, be one of those 2-2 Atwell type guys that, man, you catch a slant and you can take it 90. Like, get out and, and go. And so I think that'll be the biggest thing, a huge challenge going against this secondary. 
you know, of FSU. I just mentioned some of those guys and, and the things that, you know, they've been able to do in coverage this year. Um, I am interested to see what that O-line does because they struggled mm-hmm. a little bit against UCF. And, and you know, those guys were able to get great push, great penetration, hurry Malik up. And you, you've got better defensive tackles and defensive ends that you'll be going against with the oh, Seminoles. Yeah. We just mentioned them, uh, Cooper and Lovett on the inside there. So, you know, just seeing what, what those guys can do offensively will, will certainly be interesting. Some weapons have to emerge. I think that's the only way I see Louisville winning this game. Marshawn right. Ford has to have himself a game. Tyon Evans, to your point, has to run well. And you put some great stats in this rundown of ours, Mac, that Malik Cunningham against Florida State has played really well. He likes playing Florida State. Yes. So that's something to keep in mind. And this Louisville defense is going up against another mobile quarterback. So at least they've, you know, that's all they've seen so far this year. Garrett Schrader, brand new man. Uh, John Reese Pumley, who, you know, they really used their running back a little more in the Wildcat in the red zone. UCF did. But uh, JT is a little bit of a different animal. So this defense has to show up. Yeah, I know. Totally agree. And and one thing that just showed up against UCF a a lot was – the outside running attack just killed Louisville. And so I, I don't know if it was guys being undisciplined or not, you know, kind of in their rush lanes or, or linebackers or DBs filling in the correct way, but they've got to pay attention to that. Because I know FSU's looking that on tape and saying, okay, we're going off tackle every other play and we're going to make these guys, you know, really hurt, uh, you know, by doing this. And, and you, again, that trio of great running backs, you got big wide receivers out on the edge that are not afraid to block. So it's going to be interesting. De- Louisville's defense, which played awesome in the second half, is going to have to really challenge that, play with that the entire game. And, man, we, we, we're going to have an interesting battle here. I'm so pumped for this game tonight. Really only game on. Sit down and watch it. Before we give our picks, Mac, I'm going to give you my stat. You give me your keys. Come on. My stat to know has to do with Florida State's quarterback. Jordan Travis himself was responsible for 10 of Florida State's 11 third-down conversions against LSU. Eight passing, two rushing, two where he carried the ball himself. And that's kind of my main thing here is I think Jordan Travis has looked more dynamic than Malik. And that's part of what's going into my decision. I think it goes back to what I said is that this FSU staff is giving them the keys. They give them the whole playbook, like let it all out. Let's see what he can do. And that's a crazy stat. I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see if it comes down to – you know, quarterback play, who has the edge? Because I think if everybody sat here preseason. A lot of times it does, Eric McClain. That's it right. Down it, to it normally does. Play. It normally does. Uh, you know, preseason, everybody was riding, you know, the Malik train mm-hmm. and, and certainly still are. But, you know, not too many people were talking about JT. And, and so in, in a game like this where he can go out and prove it, um, l- let me give you my keys to the game. So FSU, I think it's simple. And this is this is everybody. When you play Louisville, if you do this, you will win. And and that's shut down Cunningham. I mean, he is just such an integral piece of their offense. He is their offense. I mean, anytime that he's at 70 QBR, he, he's like 65 plus percent of their offense, they kill people. They dominate and, and win. And so if you can eliminate that, if you can bring that down to where you force other people to make plays, you force him, you know, to throw the football and, and make those wide receivers that haven't quite emerged yet to make plays. You feel like you're in a good spot. So it, it comes down to defense for me there. And then for Louisville, it, it, it's very similar in the fact that you have to shut down the run. They can't just hand it off to one of those three backs and get seven, eight yards of pop. Because if that's the case, they can do anything they want. They can control the tempo. They can control the clock. Limit your possessions severely, which gets you frustrated on offense. And I think this game would, will be over quickly. So if Louisville can do that, force FSU to throw like – 25, 30 plus times, you might be in a good spot. And maybe you feel really good about that because your defensive line and linebackers are playing to a certain standard. So it's going to be fascinating to see ultimately with two great quarterbacks and two nice offenses, whose defense can step up the most that will ultimately win them the game. Yeah, honestly, it's must-watch TV. I'm I'm ready for it. It will be. (laughs) All right, before we give our picks, just a little update here. So far in the season, we're only counting the picks that we put on our graphics to put out on Twitter. So just just to be clear, but we're giving picks on every game. I'm five and five. Mac is four and six. Really, the difference maker here was the lucky, lucky, lucky clubs that cover way back against Georgia Tech. So I'll give you my pick, Mac. I'm taking Florida State minus two and a half, and I'm taking the under. I see this game as like a 27-17 situation or a 27-20, something like that. I think in the end, I'm going with the quarterback that's playing better. But this game being in Louisville, 
the brown water flowing with the Louisville fans. <laughs> I, who knows? But I, I think FSU is better. I think FSU is going to cover the two and a half. Yeah, I, I like that. FSU's just been more consistent, and, right. and that's, that's a good you know, the key. That's the key to football. And and when you're picking these games, I know it's you know a first home game for Louisville, but. FSU's already been on the road, and they've been in a tough environment, so they yeah. know how to handle that, and, and it was a little bit bigger stadium. Um, so I, I don't think that will surprise them in that regard. So I'm going with the Knowles as well. I think they cover, and I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be under. I just gave you two keys that were both defensive. I think both defenses are, are going to have to play out of their minds, and if they do, obviously it's going to be a low-scoring game, uh, but but you know Florida State does win probably by a touchdown or so. Okay. And the FSU bye week. I think that's a big part of this. Right. All right. Let's move on to Saturday. Saturday night, we've got number 16, NC State, hosting the Texas Tech Red Raiders. <laughs> I love that these two schools schedule each other. I think this is a very interesting matchup. This is a 7 p.m. game on ESPN2. NC State is a 10-point favorite at home. The total is 55. Um, NC State, of course, had that crazy ECU win where God himself intervened and, and got the Wolfpack the W, and then they just beat Charleston Southern. Texas Tech got some confidence last week with an <laughs> overtime win over Houston. That was an absolutely insane game. If you haven't seen, go look up Scott Van Pelt's bad beats. The total there was 62 because that game went to overtime and no one could stop anyone. The total was 63. So go watch that. It was hilarious. In the end, NC State with a 68% chance to win this game per FPI. It feels like a game where NC State should handle its business. This number seems a little high for me, though, Mac, especially to your point with consistency. It, I think we still think about that ECU game with NC State and have some concerns. Sure. Well, I, th- I think we think about NC State in the Power Five and have concerns. Like it's, it's Well, not the non-conference, great. yeah. Yeah, but the, the deal is they're always like going somewhere. So they finally get True. a home at home, uh, which Good I job, think that's going to make a, a huge – Yeah, thank you. My goodness, boo, <laughs> if you scheduled this. Thank you so much. You probably didn't. Um, but I'm super excited about it, you know, for these guys and the opportunity to go out of conference, to play the Big 12, which the ACC has done very well against in the last handful of years, and to, to fly that flag. We, we talk about perception all the time. Yeah. These are the type of games that that matters. I, our 16th ranked team, uh, probably second or, or first best team, however you want to look at it, in the Atlantic cannot lose this game. Like that. that's at the end of the day. So it's like, it's almost a different pressure where it's, yes. okay, this is where we think of you. This is what you have to get to. Against ECU, they couldn't meet that. They, they, I guess they did enough. As you said, God kind of said, here's the field goal. Uh, you guys get the dub. Um, so that they've got to they've be comfortable in that role. You have to be comfortable as the favorite. And, and you, when you don't have that chip on your shoulder, what can I do? Because that's new territory for that's people. That's a good point. You know, at Clemson, we, you know, when I was playing, we had to go through that. We, we had to learn that. You know, it, it's the expectation that we're going to dominate you. It, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't have anything to do with you. It's all about us. And, and we're watching NC State go through that right now this year. And, and so the, the, for the foreseeable future and, and for their you know, moving forward is how comfortable are you in that role? And how comfortable can you expand in that role? So that's my biggest thing here. When, when I look at their play, you know, Devin got right back on track. Last week, six touchdowns. It was great to see him. Uh, four through the air, two on the ground, getting the ball out to everybody. Like he, yeah. he just really orchestrated that offense at, at a very high level. Would love to see Devin Carter have a huge day here. He's he's been not non-existent, but I thought he would have a much bigger role in this offense. And, and maybe it's not fair given their opponent and, and who they played and what they maybe thought they didn't have to do against an ECU team. Really want to see him get more involved. Be that deep, you know, field downfield threat. Uh, that that Devin can just throw it up to and be a basketball guy, kind of like A.T. Perry, mm. you know, for Sam Hartman. Need to see him kind of emerge as that. And then just this defense, you got to go ball. I mean, th- this is a Red Raiders team that has a really good offense that can score a lot of points, that last year was one of the most productive offenses in the country. And you've got to go be physical. you got to swarm the football. I-, I think that when you see this quarterback and the things that he can do, uh, Smith for Texas Tech, he he's got a nice arm. He's got a cannon, but he and he's the backup. Their, their quarterback's not playing uh, for two weeks in a row now, or maybe three weeks. But he is not comfortable moving. They run him a lot. I think that's just part of their offense. But he doesn't like doing it. And uh, you know, if you can go get that guy, man, make him feel uncomfortable. He's a big dude. He's six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds. 
that's a lot of target to go and hit. You know, th- those little elusive guys like Malik and, and JT, those guys are hard to hit. This guy's like a walking target. Go get him. And I think that's a big part of this defense is make him uncomfortable, shut down the passing lanes, make him run, and hit him time and time again. He also had three interceptions against Houston, so he will turn the ball over. That's and they were bad picks, KG. Yeah, like they, they like they, they weren't these like, oh, 50-50 ball, all oh, defender. They were like bad decisions. So – Make him do that. Right. Make him do that. And that was at home in Lubbock. This is going to be on the road in a night game in Carter-Finley, and I have a stat about Carter-Finley later. But <laughs> that's the thing is he will turn the ball over. And, he, Mac, I feel like I'm too hard on NC State with this. But once they prove it to me, I'll shut up. That's right. I think the biggest question here is who can run the ball. Texas Tech could not run the ball against Houston. 44 could they tried. 44 carries for 118 yards. They threw it 58 times. NC State still, again, Charleston Southern, whatever, but against ECU, they struggled to run it. I think whichever team can establish the run, because there's two dynamic quarterbacks here. Devin Leary's better, but Smith can throw it. Whichever team can establish the run, to me, is going to win it. And that's what I've been saying about NC State forever. And can they prove it against this Texas right. Tech team? I think that's a big question. Yeah. I mean, it just it helps to to have balance. And, and you know, people say, what does balance mean? Is that 50-50? No, it, it's not. Not necessarily, it's not, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just being able to answer when when something is taken away. Like, if they are Right, and playing, keep them honest. Keep the defense honest. Yeah, yeah. If they have two high safeties and they're playing quarters or cover three and everybody's back, like, you should run the ball there. It, it's so funny how different, like, the NFL is versus college. Like, if Peyton Manning sees two high safeties, he's checking to to a run. I mean, he he talks about that all throughout his career. Like, Omaha, he's going to kill Omaha. you. Yeah, he's going to kill you if you don't respect that. And so, you know, for for NC State, just being able to have that. And I think Demi Sumo certainly has that. I think yes. Jordan, you know, Houston has to, you know, kind of step up to what we thought he could be and, and be more of a, a hard-nosed runner there. But, you know, just you got to go do it. You have to go execute. Get behind big Grant Gibson. Uh, run that football and let's go. But at the end of the day, like Devin can spin it. I so know what you're going to say. Gonna yep. be, it's going to be fascinating <laughs> to see, you know, just their approach here. I, I think that – you know, looking at at Texas Tech defense, like they, they have some big bodies, they have some guys that you know look nice, but you know, let's go, like let's do what we want offensively, right. and then on on the defensive side of the ball again, you know, there, there's not really a true guy at wide receiver. You know, they they spread the ball, Smith spreads the ball around really well, so that's kind of good and bad because everybody has to elevate their game, uh, but but at the same time. If they need it, who do they go to? I don't think they really know. So, you know, force them to throw that thing, force them into to running with the quarterback and go get after them. Houston did have six sacks. So I think there's a, a an area. They're good NC at that State. too, though. Houston, Houston yeah. can get after the quarterback. Well, NC State, come on. I mean, there, there's some options here. I think the bottom line with NC State is let's look like a top 15 team, right? That's right. Let's do exactly. it. And here's my stat, Mac, before we get your keys. This bodes well for Pack fans. NC State enters this game with an 11-game winning streak at Carter-Finley Stadium. That's the fifth-best active home winning streak in the FBS and the second-longest in the history of Carter-Finley Stadium, which opened in 1966. (laughs) NC State has not lost a home game since November 6th, 2020. Wow. NC NC State's been playing well at home. That's going to be a big factor, I think, Mac. And it's a night game. I I have said my key probably four or five times, and I I stink at doing this because I just give it away all the time. But I'm so excited, I can't I can't help it. You're uh, locked in. You, that's right. You, you got to hit that QB, make him uncomfortable, speed up his process, make his decision making, which was questionable against Houston, so much faster. Don't don't let him know what he's looking at, and uh, you, you've got an unbelievable shot to dominate this game again. When you can make a guy hear and see ghosts. Like that that's a that's a problem. And so I think NC State certainly has that ability with some blitz packages. Would love to see just the D line up front go hunt, big Corey Durden, go make your presence felt. Uh, but ultimately that that'll be the, the biggest determining thing of this is because if that guy has time, if six five can just sit back there and look at the whole field, they'll light you up and they can move that football up and down the field, go get him moving, get him out of the pocket, and then ultimately hit him time and time again. Mac, when I look at this game and I look at the spread. I might surprise you here. 10 points is too many for me. I'm taking Texas Tech plus 10. I'm taking the over. I think this will be a higher scoring game. I think NC State wins, but 10 is too many. 10 is is too many points. So I'm taking the Red Raiders plus 10. That's just two touchdowns, KG. It's not hard. Okay. It's not hard to do. I mean, let's see some I'm, consistency first let's see. from NC let's State. See. 
I'm going with the pack. I like that number. Um, and I'm taking the under because I think NC State's defense balls. Okay. You know, I think that they finally reach kind of what we've been talking about all preseason. Their coaches are telling them they can't tackle. They're not fundamentally sound. I think they want to prove a point here and really get after it. And again, when you have a one-dimensional team as Texas Tech is, like it makes the game a little bit easier. So I guess you have to keep them there, first of all. Don't let them run the ball. Uh, but then when, when you know kind of what's coming and you know what they're going to do, you know, it makes them it makes defense, you know, a little bit more simple. So I expect to see those guys ball out. I'm going NC State and I'm going under. All right. I'm going over in Texas Tech. So we see this game going a little differently. I'm excited <laughs> to see right. who is correct. All right, let's get to our third game in the big three. We talked about this game a lot on Wednesday's episode. Go back and listen to it. We had Miami quarterback Tyler Van Dyke on. We gave some thoughts on this game, but we're going to give more thoughts because this game is huge. Number 13, Miami at number 24, Texas A&M. 9 p.m. game on ESPN, 9 p.m. Eastern, so that's late. Texas A&M is a five-and-a-half point favorite. Very interesting. The total's at 44-and-a-half, but FPI favors Miami. As we discussed on Wednesday, to me, the biggest question mark here is where in the world is Texas A&M mentally? After right. that App State game, this could be a situation where you rallied the troops. You had to come to Jesus moment. You're like, all right, we're all going to recommit <laughs> ourselves. We've got to pull this together. And, you know, for A&M, you're not firing Jimbo Fisher. Dude is making more than a small nation. Like, he's fine. So where is A&M mentally? And then for Miami, going on the road, they they haven't won games like this. These big non-conference showcase games in a long time. That history is not on these players. Like, that's not on them. But still, I think back to Michigan State last year, which in the end, Michigan State ended up being a good team. But can Miami go out here and mentally for them prove people wrong? I think there's a lot right. of mental aspects to this game, Mac. Yeah, that's right. There, there, there is a lot in, in this game. When you're uh, trying to avoid getting killed, you have to think about what am I going to do uh, <laughs> each and every play. But let, let's start with Miami because I, I think that this game is – you know, kind of the, the TVD welcome party, welcome mm. back party, like kind of his, you know, uh, announcement back to the entire country. And certainly his staff has to allow him to do that. Like we have to call the plays. Yeah. We have to let him stretch it downfield. I think we field. differ, Mac, on how we think this is going to go. I, yeah, I they're think, just going to run the ball? Yeah, I Come think they're going to run the ball because App State did. And it worked out well. I, I think this offense... App State doesn't have Tyler Van Dyke, okay? Like sure. let's let it rip. But... And I know what you want to see, and I'd love to see him sling it all over the place. But with Josh Gaddis, yeah. I think this is going to be more of a, a balanced attack. But continue, Matt. Continue. I don't want to see that. I, I want know. To see I know what you want to see. The ball, Coach Gaddis. If you're listening, <laughs> throw the football. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think they can, and it's probably the smart thing to do. But I'm a quarterback guy. I want to see a lot of points and a lot of stats and ripping it through the air. But th there's no question to me once I watch that film and I, I look at what Miami does and, and what they do well, yeah, they can run the football. What I'm hoping happens, though, KG, is that opens the passing game so much mm, more. I just kind of spoke about it in reverse, you know, with NC State and defensively, uh, you know, the things that they can present. If you run the ball so much and you're just getting five, six, seven yards of carry, what is Texas a going to have to do? Load the box up, pull safeties down. What does that equal? Big plays over the top. Play action, boom, hit a bomb. And, and so I really want to see just complimentary football. And, and I think that, again, Tyler has that ability. This guy was an absolute monster at the end of the season. Like, we need to see that again. I, I, you know, we posted that episode, you know, of him on, on Wednesday, and you put it on IG. And I got a couple of messages from, from former Canes, All-Americans, and superstars saying, we need to see him cook. We need to see him ball out. And I'm like, I agree. Let's do it. Let's go out there and, and do it. So, you know, as you mentioned, though, that running attack is going to be great. Jalen Knighton sounds like he's going to be back fully healthy. So excited to see that three-headed monster of, of Parrish, Franklin, and, and Knighton there and, and think that they can just really roll. I'm interested to see, is, is Zion Nelson going to be back? Mm, you know, he played a, a handful of snaps. A huge question. I mean, he played a handful of snaps. Uh, you know, last week. And, you know, certainly I think before the season started, we thought that this defensive line was maybe a lot better than, than they've showed so far. I don't think it's as a daunting of, of task anymore. And, and where you're like, man, you don't want that to be your first start. Now I think it's like, okay, let, let's get him. Let's roll. Let's get out there and, and see what, you know, he can do, what we can do. Because obviously we're a better team. Um, the go-to guy we talked about, Xavier Restrepo in depth with, with Tyler and their relationship. He's really emerged as, you know, just a consistent dude that gets open, that finds ways. And 
I've been very impressed with him blocking on the edge as well. Mm. Like when you run the football so well, one thing that I, I remember back at Clemson is, you know, we had these young five-star receivers coming in. They blocked out of their mind. Like we, mm. when they didn't get the football, they were doing all the things necessary, which helped everybody else. And you see guys screaming downfield, you know, for touchdowns because DBs are, are locked up. Like there's receivers on them. And, you know, to continue to see that, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a big time thing. And then lastly, for the offense, just, you know, seeing these tight ends get more involved. Yes. You know, I thought that that would be a really big piece. They might have to be in, in this game. And similar to how I started with the, the offensive approach here, when you're running that football so effectively, it's easy for a tight end to just whoop, sneak out and run in a corner route or running a, a nice little, you know, quick route straight over the middle and you get him the ball. And, and so I'm, I'm very excited. I think this is going to be the first true visual mm-hmm. of the Josh Gaddis Miami experiment. Let's see what these guys are going to be offensively. And part of this may be, you know, your first two games, Bethune Cookman and Southern Miss, you can be a little more vanilla. I right. think that Miami is keeping some things close to the vest. Now, they did run a flea flicker against right. Southern Miss, which TBD threw a perfect ball. But right. I'm, I'm intrigued to see that. And, like, Will Mallory. Let's see some Will Mallory, to your point with the tight ends. I mean, nice. let's Let's see him involved. And, you know, with Texas A&M defensively, where we give our picks, I like – this is an exact quote from Mac in our rundown here. Texas A&M defense, big and mean, but App State didn't care. Ran the ball all over the Aggies. I mean, that's true. And that's why, to yeah. me, I think when you're looking at that App State film and you're Miami, you're saying, let's run the ball. We got Henry Parrish. Right. We've got Franklin. We've got these dudes. We still need to run the ball. And I think that's going to be a big factor for Miami. Yeah, no no question about it. And, again, just looking at Miami's defense and, and the challenge that they're going to be facing, Haynes King, quarterback for AM, like – He's athletic. He can eh. make some things happen with his feet. I'm with so his unimpressed feet. by him. Mac, is I, his throwing motion so weird? Am I the only one thinking that? It it's takes forever. He's like, yeah. Whoop. It's like he's throwing a baseball. It's yes. like he's throwing a baseball. Um, I thought Jimbo was the He can QB get those chunk plays. Yeah, right. He can get those chunk plays. What, what'll be interesting, though, is just taking care of the ball. Like, if Miami yeah. gets after him, he fumbled a couple a of times. Question. His QBR is, is way down, especially after that App State game. So you have to think that this Miami defense, which has been much improved from a season ago, can have a big day and can can ball out and, and do the things necessary. So KG is it's going to be interesting to see just what what how Texas A and M responds offensively after realistically not being able to do anything. I mean, again, special teams was the only reason you were even in that game yeah. because of a big kick return for a touchdown. So. Both teams, I'm very interested to see mindset-wise how they come out in this one. That reminds me. I think A-Chain, the running back for Texas A&M, is the best weapon on that team. And right. you've got you've to be able to contain him. Turnovers, to me, are going to be huge in this game. And oh, yeah. A&M had so many in the, in the last game. All right, here's my stat to know, Mac. Miami is 5-6 and six straight up and 6-5 and five against the spread against top 25 teams since 2018. However, Uh-oh. The Hurricanes are five and two against the spread, and four and three straight up as road underdogs in the same stretch. So they okay. have played well on the road. Five and two against the spread on the road in that same stretch. With that, the key to the game is let Tyler Van Dyke cook. Okay. Come on! And I think again because of the run game, because of the attack. That's just going to open up everything, and I hope we get to that point. I hope that that's what we we see unfold because, again, he's too talented to only throw the ball 15 times a game. Like, come on, what are we doing? Let, let's Max let him living. be a quarterback. Yeah, I am living. I want to see him push the ball down the field because that's what he does. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think if, if they're able to do that, Miami wins comfortably, which is crazy to say going into Kyle Field and, and handling business. The over-under, it's at 44 and a half. It's a weird spot for me because I don't think that – I think Texas A&M is going to have enough pride. They don't get blown out like the boat race. But at the same time, I just watched that offense, and I'm not sure how Ooh. they're going to score. I, I don't think they're going to you know, get an opportunity to run back a kick because Borgallis is blasting that thing True. out of the end zone. So I just don't know how they're going to be able to move on a, on a defense like Miami that's going to be active, that has bigger bodies, that's going to push them and, and see the tape from a week ago. So – I think I'm going to go under here, but, man, 44 is such a low number. Yeah, it's too low for me. I'm going over because I could see a, a 27-20, something like that. Yeah. It would have to be, you know, both teams are basically scoring 20 or less. And I think the over, right. <laughs> just because that number is so low. But I, Miami plus five and a half is what I'm taking. 
I could see a situation where A&M rallies the troops, wins this game like 23 to 20 or something crazy. But Miami still covers. I think this game is going to be close. It's close or Miami wins by a touchdown or something like that and and really puts it all together, which would be incredible to see. So I'm taking Miami plus five and a half. Yeah, and I think one thing, KG, that kind of goes with your mindset on what Miami's going, going to do Running the football like that—that that eats clock True. and that limits True. possession. So but that number's so low. It's it like... is so low. But I mean, I'm thinking like a, a 27, 24 to you know six type game. Shoot. I mean, I think that's in play. I think that's in play. Mac is I mean, look at what they did. Given up look on at the what they did. Look at what they did. Yeah, but I think that's pretty touchdown. good. Okay. Is I mean, I hear you. I hear you. Oh, man. If you're right, Mac, I'm going to give you so much so much space to gloat. Thank you. Thank you. I okay. <laughs> we've uh, spoken a lot. Let's run through these speed round games. Come we've, on. We've spent some time on the big three, as we should. All of these games are amazing. All right. How about uh, America's team, Syracuse? 2-0, and taking on Purdue. Noon game on ESPN2. Syracuse is a one-point favorite. That's it, Vegas? Have you seen this team? They're amazing. Uh, totals 58.5. Look, Garrett Schrader... I mean, what in the world? If Syracuse does what they've been doing, which they've been consistent, Garrett Schrader passing the rock, also running it, Sean Tucker just doing Sean Tucker things, I think Syracuse should be able to handle their business here. Give, I, I want an instant reaction here live. I did not put this in the rundown because I want to see your thoughts. Okay. Will Syracuse have the first team all ACC backfield? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sean Tucker, yes. <laughs> I don't know about quarterback. What about Drake Bay? Listen, what about these other guys? Garrett Schrader. Jordan Travis. I can't think of a, of a quarterback. Sam Hartman. I can't think. Listen, listen. His numbers are better than theirs, except for maybe Drake okay, Bay. Okay, okay. I have not seen a guy flip his career so quickly. Unreal. Like, when you look at the – I'm going to just read these stats. He has had a third of his yards from last year. A third. In two, in two games. games. He has had over half of his touchdowns. In two games. He's increased his throwing percentage by nearly 30%. His quarterback rating is up 100 in two games. Like, that's nuts. It, it's bonkers to see this turnaround. And you have got you have to give so much credit to Coach Beck and, and to Coach I for, number one, technically you know, fixing his motion. He had a little bit of surgery, but also the scheme. Like, getting the ball to Sean Tucker is the smartest thing you can do. Hand it right, hand it left, pass it right. Like, let's go. He's the leading receiver. He's the leading rusher. He's just so dynamic. Why wouldn't he be? I mean, why wouldn't you get that guy the football in, in a plethora of different ways? And by the way, that's making him look so much more impressive to the NFL with the mm. things that Sean Tucker can do. So I, I'm all in on this offense. I mean, it is so fun to watch. This, this is honestly what Virginia should have been the last couple of years, wow. but they didn't have the running back. They, piece. they, they yeah. couldn't. They couldn't run the ball. And, and I get maybe that's a little reach because Sean Tucker is so good. But we, we've proven, and Robert and I has proven, he wants to run the football. He just couldn't. And, and so I, I think the key here is, man, th- those guys are on fire. They're electric. This defense, though, that they've they've they got a big challenge because O'Connell for Purdue can sling it, and, and that dude makes great decisions. He's got a go-to guy, unlike Texas Tech, and Charlie Jones. That It's like Charlie Jones and everybody else. Like Charlie has 20-plus receptions, handful of touchdowns, and everybody else just gets involved kind of. Uh, so that they've got a lock on him, which I can't wait to see because Deuce or, or Grant, you know, get a really show out, and they're going to be on that guy every play. And, and think of of the opportunity that they're going to have to either get their hands on the football or knock it down or whatever. That normally they don't. Normally you avoid those guys, but when they're going against your best player, you, you've got to see it to them. So so really, I, I would love to see. Uh, you know, Syracuse be physical. I would love to see them eliminate the run, which Purdue will help you do that anyway. Um, and then just get your hands on the football. Like, there's going to be opportunity here for interceptions, for pass breakups. You've got to go and take advantage of it. The other thing I love about this game is that it's in the Carrier Dome, and and the Syracuse fans have shown up. The dome! They really have. They have. And I think they this have. this environment's going to be great. This is the fourth pick. We have our big three picks, and then this is the fourth game that Mac and I Feel pretty confident about. It. I think we're both taking Syracuse minus one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm taking Syracuse. I just the over under again. These over unders have really stumped me. I feel really good about them normally. Mm-hmm. These are getting to me, and I think I'm not even going to check my notes. So I'm sorry. You you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take Cuse, and I'm going to take yeah. the under. Is well, what fifty-eight and a half is a pretty big number. Yeah, I feel good about the under there. I think that's that's yeah. smart, Mac. So we're on the same team. 
All right. So those are our picks. Those those four. We'll put those on Twitter. Follow along. All right. Speed round. Let's let's roll through these games here. Number five, Clemson is hosting Louisiana Tech. 8 p.m. ACC Network. Clemson, 34 point favorite. I'd probably take Louisiana Tech to cover. Um, before we get into this game, Mac, on a very serious note, we want to extend um, just yeah. like so many prayers, um, everything to the Brzee family. Brian Brzee, Clemson star defensive tackle, his younger sister, Ella, passed away from cancer yesterday. So uh, just heartbroken for them. I got to meet Ella and her sisters at the ladies clinic and was just blown away by their strength. And Ella w- you know, went up with Dabo and shared her story. And I, I mean, she will not be forgotten. I think her legacy um, is there and, and her fight and the way she fought. So just prayers for that family. Can't imagine what Brian is, is feeling and thinking. Yeah. I imagine he won't be playing this weekend. He probably shouldn't be, right. but yeah. just prayers for that family, Mac. Yeah. And, and what a, what a tough thing and, and how close their family is yeah. and, and how much, you know, that th- they mean to each other. Uh, it sucks and, and it's tough. And, and I just kind of shot Brian a message this morning and, and just said, Hey buddy, you know, praying for you so hard and, and your family, but you know, don't ever let her light be dim. Like mm-hmm. let that thing shine through you and, and, you know, go and, and glorify him and her, everything you do. So it's, it's tough. Uh, and, and it just goes to show you that there's things that, you know, are bigger than football oh, yeah. and, and that family, it, it should always come first, you know, over, over this sport and that's, what's going to happen. And so big time prayers for those guys. Um, you know, he, he will be missed. This defensive line will, will certainly miss him, but I, I know that they, they all will, will welcome him with open arms when he yeah. gets back. So, just looking at this game, I think that, you know, DJ, you know, we had not seen him do what he did a week ago. Like, he put together a full game right. where he manipulated the pocket beautifully. He saw things happen. He he took the running lanes when they were there. We have not seen him do that. Uh, threw the ball effectively. Had a couple of drops still. Would love to see those wide receivers help him out even more. But was very impressed with, with what we saw from DJ. Now the key is, can you do it again? And can you do it again? And can you can you keep stacking those good those good games. I think he just, he demonstrated comfort. He demonstrated the game slowing down a little bit and I get the opponent. I I do, but to do that on air has been impressive for, for him. So, you know, I I think just seeing that, see his physicality and, you know, go all out, keep, keep running. So I think the one thing, again, I mentioned those wide receivers have to be consistent, have have to. to make big time plays. I think that we've seen DJ at his highest comfort level when zero and 80 are in the game. Like those guys have been, elite for him and go-to guys. And one thing that's going to be really fascinating to watch, number eight, Adam Randall is back. True freshman. Keep an eye on him. I thought he was the best wide receiver in the spring. That was when he just got there. And that kid got hurt. It was unfortunate. He's just, he's a difference maker. Hope we get to see it. Hope the world gets to see it uh, because he is a special talent. I think he's he's going to be a a big-time player. Last thing before we move on here, that defense was challenged. They were Mm -hmm. called out. And they were kind of embarrassed. I expect them to to roll today yeah. and, and to really make some noise defensively. I agree. I think they've they've been challenged for sure. And Law Tech has really struggled. When I, when I think about that number, I actually probably would lean Clemson covering. I think Clemson's <laughs> gonna. I don't know. It's tough with with these lesser. I think because opponents. of the defense. I think yeah. because of the defense. I think they're gonna respond. And thirty four is not really that. I mean, you could see like a forty one to three or something like that. Okay, Mac. In some of these other games, I'm calling these games. You better not games. Okay. <laughs> Number 23, Pitt at Western Michigan, 7.30 p.m. ESPNU, Pitt's a 10-point favorite. Oh, God, not again. Okay, Pitt <laughs> lost to Western Michigan last year. You're going to Western Michigan. Why? I mean, ugh. And who's playing quarterback? Right. I think that's a huge question, Mac. <laughs> yeah, no, no question. And, and I've heard that Pitt feels good about Slovis being able okay. to play. I haven't heard that from, like, a coach or anything, but – that's that's what folks are sources. saying. That's that's what I'm hearing from my Pittsburgh sources there. Uh, but if not, who's going to be the guy? Because I think Patty might be out for a little bit. Yeah. Patty got rocked. Yes. I think Patty might be out for a little bit. Who's next? I have no idea. One thing that I do know is Izzy Abanacanda is a bad boy, and you better hand him that football time and time again. I, I'm not sure if Hammond is going to be back either. Seems like he's dealing with a with a high ankle sprain there, but. They have two other backs that they feel really good about. And, and Davis is a guy that had a great year uh, a year ago, but has been kind of in the shadow. So, you know, will he get a bigger opportunity? And then the defense just, 
you have to emerge. Kind of similar to NC State, you have to emerge as that defense I thought you were going to be to start the season where you win. We win because of you. Mm. Like, go score. Go get the football. Give us great field position. Get strip sacks. Whatever it has to be, those guys have to line up. Western Michigan, we, we saw they love the RPO. They're going to try to be fast offensively, but their defense is not good. Like, that, they have – Pitt has to be able to do whatever they want, no matter who's at quarterback. Like, you have to dominate offensively when you play at 7.30 p.m. Yeah. on the road. Weirdly, this is a big game. Pitt's got to handle it. It is. And I think with it's the QB – Let's roll. With the QB concerns, there's some intrigue there, but come on, Pitt. You can do it. Yeah. You can do it. <laughs> uh, number 19, Wake, is hosting Liberty. Wake's a 16-and-a-half-point favorite, 5 o'clock ACCN. This game's pretty simple. Just wait, continue to bring Sam back into the fold, which he didn't look rusty at all against Vanderbilt. Score points. Throw the ball to freaking A.T. Perry and let him ride. I think this this Wake offense just needs to continue to score. And the defense continuing to show they can force turnovers and they can look better than last year. That, that's exactly right. I think Sam Hardman looked fantastic. Spread the ball around really, really well. I think that's important. You know, when you have three playmakers as, as good as A.T. Perry, Donovan Green, and Taylor Moran, like, let's keep everybody happy. Not that they wouldn't be anyway, but, you know, they spread that ball really, really well. I think running will be a big deal here, you know, kind of similar to your thoughts on Miami and Texas A&M. Mm. I think Wake's going to run the ball at will. That big offensive line needs to dominate uh, tomorrow evening, 5 o'clock kickoff on ACC Network. Uh, yep. So I expect the Deeks to, to roll. I like them with that number and maybe even maybe even the over. We'll see. I like that number. is a lot of points, though. I definitely like 16 and a half for Wake. Virginia Tech and Wofford, 11 a.m. ACCN. Virginia Tech. a.m. You're going to be fine. <laughs> is that a tea time? <laughs> you, is that a tea time? You got this. Wofford's 0-2. Right. Uh, this is not the powerhouse of like Old Dominion. Uh, you'll be able to handle it. Old Dominion's next on the schedule. I don't want even want to talk uh, about that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous. Uh, no, I think defense, you know, just continue to ball out. Like, that's obviously going to be the strength of this team. That defensive line played so well a, a week ago against a struggling Boston College yeah, team. So just need to see uh, offensively continue development in the running game. Would love to see Malachi Thomas get back. Like, man, where you at, my boy? I'm not sure his injury. And, and also the emergence of – Connor Blumrick, like just being a weapon, being a difference maker in the run game, in the passing game. So we just need to keep, see continued growth from Virginia Tech here. The game that scares me this weekend, Virginia is host, hosting Old Dominion, 2 oh, p.m. ACC Network. Virginia's eight and a half point favorite. Old Dominion just gets to play any team they want in Virginia. Uh, Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech. Virginia's coming off a game where against Illinois where they looked awful. I am concerned. I, I, I'm worried about this game, Mac, because Brennan Armstrong, he wasn't even able to do anything against Illinois. Yeah, yeah. And, and we just need to see him bounce back. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing. It's, These, it's inexcusable. Yet. Yeah, it's, it's inexcusable how many weapons they had that they couldn't move the football. And, and I get guys you know, weren't necessarily open. Well, get open. Like, you're that good. You're supposed to be that good. Like, make things happen. And right. uh, When you're one-on-one. With all, with all that said – uh, haven't been uber impressed with them. I'm taking ODU here to, to cover. Um, maybe taking the under. This game could be ugly, but, man, let, let's just go. Get our playmakers the ball. Get Wicks the ball. Get LaBelle Davis the ball. Thompson, like, I don't know. L- last week was crazy. I mean, we should never, ever see that again from this Virginia offense. Get the ball to your playmakers. And Old Dominion with absolutely nothing to lose and right. everything to gain, that's a scary situation. Sure. So watching yeah. that game with bated breath. Uh, Georgia Tech and Ole Miss. Georgia Tech is uh, going to Ole Miss, number 20 Ole Miss, 3.30 p.m. on ABC. Ole Miss is a 16.5-point favorite. Georgia Tech, I I think their defense showed some really good things against Clemson. So can they force turnovers? Can they help out their offense? The offense concerns me, just a lack of consistency, and and Jeff Sims just not really having playmakers around him. That's what worries me. Right. Um, not to correct you, but Ole Miss actually has to go to Georgia Tech. So oh, oh, I think sorry. that that helps. I think that no, helps no, no. a little this bit is, for Georgia Tech. That is Tech. much better. I read that wrong. Okay, <laughs> that better, great. That is better. That's um, much better. I, I don't want anybody coming after you. Uh, yeah, so, so seeing that, uh, you know, what does that environment look like? Can, can we have, you know, a boost where Georgia Tech fans show up and, and are rowdy and make it hard? I've played in that stadium where you can't barely hear yeah. because they're freaking out and going nuts. So I know they have the ability, you know, to do so – 
Defense, just get ready because this Ole Miss team, Jackson Dart, Lane Kiffin, like they're going to try to run that thing mm. as much as they can, get a bunch of points. But I think the, the good thing here for Georgia Tech is the defense is clearly the strength of the team. Yep. Uh, you, you've got a guy in big ace at linebacker that, man, can do a lot of things for you that Ace Ely is going to have to ball out and, and going to have to have the game of his life. And I certainly think that he can do that. Need to see more from Jeff Sims. Like it's just – I mean, 8 of 17, 100 yards a week ago is is crazy. And I know they could run the ball at will, but I just need to see him take that step because he has all these tools. He has the skill set physically to do it. We just have not seen it on a consistent basis. And and I know it's college, and that's tough. And you know, these are kids at the end of the day, but it's time. It, it's yeah. time to see that and to really get that going. Agreed. And thank you for correcting me, Matt, because I did. I, I was reading. I was like, I think this game's in Atlanta. And that is very helpful. <laughs> I mean, going to Ole Miss is, you don't want to do that. So, um, it's a complete, could be a completely different game because of that. We'll see. I'm almost thinking Georgia Tech plus 16 and a half just because. Yeah, it's a good call. They're in Atlanta. I'm not sure how good Ole Miss is. So, I think I would lean that way. Let's go. I'm with you. I'm I'm taking Georgia Tech. Let's see. That defense can show up. All right. Two more (laughs) games, just kind of gimme games here, should be Duke hosting North Carolina AT, Boston College hosting Maine. Duke, I mean, keep doing what you're doing. Love to see it. Boston College, you need a win. You need to see that offensive line protect in this game and keep Phil Dracovic upright and get Zay Flowers involved. Yeah, for, for Duke, I mean, it's super simple. Just go dominate. Like, exert your will. And, and when, you when's the last when's the last time we've been able to Come say on, that Duke. about Duke, that they're, that they're in this situation? I think Riley Leonard and company should have a massive day. Like, do whatever you want offensively. Let, let's find some more playmakers. Let's get Jordan Moore the football, Eli Pankow the football, and then Big Waters in the backfield. Like, just let him continue to cook. The biggest thing in this game is, like, stay healthy. We, we don't right. want any crazy injuries, any turned ankles, any knees anything of that nature. So so protect your guys. And then defense, like, go get another shutout. Let's go. Let, let's see the momentum mm. that you can continue to, to really carry that I know Coach Elko's screaming at it, it out there for, for the culture. Like, let, let's ride. Let's, Matt, let's do this thing. Real quick, think about this with Duke. They beat A&T. They're halfway to bowl eligibility. Crazy. After Crazy. September 17th. That's Nobody yeah. would have predicted that for Duke. <laughs> Gary Schrader, Duke football. Yes. No one saw either Amazing. of those happening. No one saw that happening. And I love it. It's all it's good for the league. We need yes. all ships to rise. We need all ships to rise there. Uh, Boston College, like, you've got to figure it out this game. Like, th- this is the game where I need to see a little experimentation because normally, KG, you're like, okay, let's just run the football, get out of this game, get the dub. Right. You have to figure right. out what you can do. I need to see quick game. I need to see max protection with shots. I need to see creativity getting Zay Flowers the football because – do you have confidence that you can do that against somebody else? I don't think so. I don't think Phil has that confidence. I don't think this offensive line has that confidence. So we, we have to like, this is an active learning experiment as we're playing against Maine. Got to see it. Defense, man, you, you got to stop the run. It's been the thing now for a couple of years. We have to get it going, have to figure that out. And ultimately, you hope you look at this game and, you know, BC wins comfortably. But, mm-hmm. man, there, there's a long way to go for Boston College. Yep. For sure. All right. I'm so pumped for this big three. I think it's one of the best big threes we've had in a while with Florida State, Louisville, Texas Tech, NC State, Miami, Texas A&M. So we will have a lot to break down on Monday, Mac. That's right. Come on, KG. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. If you don't have SiriusXM, go get it right now. You can have it on your phone. You can have it in your car. We can go with you everywhere. But we also need you to go over to YouTube, go over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. Always great hearing from you guys as well. But until next time, we'll see you.